Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Father, I thank you as we look into your word today to look at Jesus. Father, I acknowledge that I cannot do anything without you. So, Father, I thank you for helping me to minister your word. And in advance, you receive all the glory and praise from all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Looking at John chapter 1, as you notice that they use the scripture, John chapter 1 and verse 12 and 13, in uh, with the presentation they just did. So it says this in John 1, 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this Sunday and then next Sunday, just going to do a two-part series. Uh, this is part one. Next Sunday will be part two. And it's uh, really simple names. I'm just calling it Receive and Become. So next week will be, you notice there where it says he gave them the right to become children of God. Actually, that word in the Greek, the word right, is the word exosia, and it means authority. He gave them authority to become sons. We're going to look into that next week. But this week, we're going to look at receive and uh, see what that really set means and how to do that. So going back to that scripture in John 1 and verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God. Let's talk about receive. Now, in order to receive something, something has to be offered. Could you agree with that? So, you know, what's being offered is Jesus. That's what God gave us. He gave us his son. And so it's telling us now as many as received him. We're going to look into this today, and we're going to answer some questions. We're going to make it really simple. We're going to look at the first thing is receive, like who and why. And with looking at this, um, we're going to answer these two questions today. The first one is how many are invited to receive Jesus And the second one is how many ways are there to God? And these are out in the world, these questions. And I want to see what the scripture says about this because there's plenty of things being said out there. So let's look at this first question, how many are invited to receive Jesus? Now, there's a variety of verses that we're going to look at, uh, but there's also, uh, and they all say the same thing, of course, But there's a variety of opinions or views out there. And uh, so let's look and see what the Bible says on who God invites to be Christians, to be saved. Now, there's one view in this particular view says that God chooses who he wants to invite. And it has nothing to do with us. Now, I find that interesting in the fact that, think about this now, Almighty God that created everything decided to send his son to be punished and shed his blood for us, and then somebody actually says that God chooses who he wants to save, and like, are you God, you know, and are you trying to put God in a box? We're going to see what the Bible says about this. 
But there's another view, and that other view is that every living, breathing person on the earth is invited to receive Jesus. Now, I pref personally, I prefer having solid Bible verses when I answer these kinds of questions uh, versus having my view. So let's see what the Bible view is. So John chapter 3 and verse 16. And look at this one. It says, for God so loved a few people on the earth, like God so loved a select group that just seemed like they were a little better than everyone else, so he decided to approach them. But it's not, it's not what it says, is it? It's God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, okay, believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Notice the word world there, okay? Let's look at another scripture, Acts chapter 13 and verse 46. It says, Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, it was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourself unworthy of eternal life, and notice that, you know, rejecting it, it says you judge yourself unworthy. And I don't know about you, but we're only on the earth a short time. We all want eternal life. Because they rejected it, the Jews, it says we will offer it to the Gentiles. So this is when the gospel went bigger but then the next verse even makes it even more clear. Look at verse 47. It says, For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. Not a few people, but salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. And then look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 3. It says, This is good. And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, and look at this, who desires a few people, people that, you know, they're just better than some other people, and they found, you know, I just decided to favor them, and then the other ones, you know, sorry, no. It says that he desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so real simply, we, there's more scripture, but let's just answer our first question how many are invited to receive Jesus? And what's the answer is everyone, all, right? Let's look at the next question. How many ways are there to God? Now, just recently, again, a certain talk show host in America who just doesn't want to back off of this <laughs> uh, just stated recently that there are many ways to God. Now, I said it before here, I respect people's talent uh, entertainers, sports people, but what they say doesn't override the Bible. It doesn't matter if they're millionaires, billionaires, it doesn't matter how creative they are, if they can make us cry or laugh, if they entertain us doing sports. doesn't matter. What they say doesn't override what the Bible says. So, so like, is, is there many ways to God, or is there only one way to God? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 5, it says, For there is one God, okay, and look at this, there is one mediator between God and man. A mediator is somebody that goes between people. There is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man is Christ Jesus. Now, I could name some other leaders of religions that died and they rotted in their grave and they were not raised from the dead, 
but I'm not going to name him, but this man right here is Christ Jesus. He's the only one that mediates between God and man. Okay, let's look at another scripture, Romans chapter 2 and verse 16. It says, on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of, men's, of men by somebody else, like another leader of another religion? No, by Christ Jesus. In the end, God is going to judge everything what it says, what? By Christ Jesus. Let's look at another one, Acts chapter 10 and verse 42. And he commanded, who's that? It's Jesus. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he, Jesus, is the one appointed by God to judge, to be the judge of the living and dead. So God himself appointed his son Jesus to be the judge of the living and the dead. And then look at this next verse, to him. All the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So, of course, these are prophets in the Bible that it's talking about. But even today, if a prophet would point to a different direction, that's surely not a prophet of God. It's a prophet of somebody else. But anybody that's a prophet of God is going to point to Jesus, and he is the only way. So let's answer the next question. How many ways are there to God? There's only one way to God, and that's Jesus. Okay? So here's three picks. Look at these three uh, things, like sinful people and God. And how, how do sinful people get to God? It's Jesus. Here's another one saying the same thing. God has provided the only way we must make the choice, and that is Jesus. And then here's another one. And notice how, you know, these, you see these arrows here if you look. There's like those arrows, and you see those arrows are going off down into the fire. But, you know, for those people that choose Jesus, there's that, that road, that way. And that road and that way, you see that cross is going over burning hell and fire. And for those that decide to choose Jesus, they get over there into paradise. So I just so encourage, if you're watching today, to make Jesus your choice, that he is the only way. And he is offered to every person, okay? So here's uh, the next thing, just really making it simple. How do we receive him? How do I receive him? And many of you know that I grew up in the Catholic Church. And I know that it's a, a worldwide church and it can be different even in America. It was different in Boston than it was in California as you went across all of those 3,000 miles or so, it could change. Uh, some of them may use open a Bible. Others of them had the Bible sealed. It just really depended. Well, the particular one that I grew up in uh, is I was told that just being in the church, I was assured to go to heaven just because I went there. My parents brought me up, and I was there because of them. Okay, but then there was like these sacraments, so there was like water baptism. Now, that happened at an age when I didn't have my mental facilities working. Uh, they were there, but I didn't have reasoning. I was water baptized at such a young age, I, it wasn't my decision. It was something that they did, but I was told when that happened that I was in. 
Then there was another thing called, a sacrament called confirmation. That happened, I don't know, around 15 or 16 years old. I don't even remember now. It's been a long time ago. But it's, if whether I was engaged with my heart or not, you're confirmed. And so you can just do it because it's a ritual and it's a custom, but your heart's not engaged. And so what we want to talk about when we talk about receiving him, you know, you have to understand that it has to be a heart engagement. So I, I like to say it this way. I thought I was saved and going to heaven because I had church membership and the sacraments, as they call them. But then when I was 23 years old, I had an understanding and a revelation that I had no personal relationship with Jesus. It wasn't there. So I, I, I realized I didn't have him. I heard about him, but I didn't have him. A lot of people in the world hear about him, but do they have him? I didn't have him. Okay, so why and how did I receive him? And I, I have three simple things here that I want to share with you. And I really want to share uh, so much my heart goes out. Uh, I was in the church growing up that I was in because my parents took me there. I didn't want to be there. And my heart wasn't engaged in anything. I really encourage anyone that is in church right now today, and even if you're watching online, are you watching because you want to? Are you here because you want to be here? And the solution to watching things because you want to and to being here because you want to, really what makes the big difference is was your heart engaged at any time in your life where you received Jesus Christ as your Lord or have you just been going along because you were brought here by somebody else? That's for those watching online. I'm going to share what happened to me because something happened with my heart where it, be, it was engaged. There was a heart engagement. So here's the first thing. Number one, I saw him on the cross. Now look at what it says in Galatians 3.1. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you is crucified. That's the New King James Version. Then if you look at the New Living Translation, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. So what is it? Now, if you look at a map, you'll see where Jesus was crucified and where this Galatia was, it was, you know, they didn't have airplanes back then. They didn't have cars that could go 100 kilometers an hour. And, you know, if you're in Germany, 200 kilometers an hour. They didn't have that. People had to, you know, go on a camel or horse or they had to walk. The people that are being spoken to here, the Galatians, they weren't there when Jesus was crucified. You and I weren't there because that happened many years ago. What is this talking about? Well, it's talking about if you teach and preach the gospel, the good news, God can reveal Jesus to anyone that's listening. 
anyone that would open their heart up, God will reveal Jesus to them. And what happens when that is that they see Jesus on the cross themselves. Jesus, I grew up in a, in a church that had a cross with Jesus on there, and I looked at him every single week. But I really, even though he was there, I didn't see him on that cross because there is a spiritual scene and there is a physical scene. But there was a day when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God opened my heart up and I saw Jesus on the cross. He was there for me. I just so encourage every young person, it's so important that you see Jesus on the cross and what he did for you. The teaching and preaching of God's word, according to what we see here, uh, it says the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. That is what the Holy Spirit and God's word can do. That even though that happened a couple thousand years ago, you can see Jesus on the cross, why he was there and what he did. And what he did is he was beaten and flogged and our sickness and our disease and pain was put upon him. And then sin came upon him. For us, our sin was put on the sinless lamb of God. That happened for us. And when you see that and make it personal, it's not something that's a group thing. Like I, I put a few things down here, you know, it isn't for a particular denomination. It's for everybody. Um, it becomes personal versus group. Oh, I just so encourage you to make it personal. So, you know, the most amazing thing happened that my brother Joe and myself, you know, when, when I became a Christian, my brother Joe, he said, hey, let's find a, like a Pentecostal church. And I, and I said, oh, I'm not ready for that yet. I, was, I had all this fear because I thought, you know, I'm in the one and only church. And if I leave, you know, lightning might come down from heaven and strike me dead. That's the way I grew up hearing all that. So, so we, I said, oh, let's just go one more Sunday. So we went. And we said, you know, we called it the act of contrition. And then, you know, and, and I used to see how fast I could say it. I finished before, I wanted to beat everyone so that somebody's saying it with a microphone and then everyone, I believe in God the Father. So I would go, I believe in God the Father, Mighty Creator of Earth. I believe in His only begotten Son. You know, and I would just do that too. And then I'd get done, I'd go, I beat everyone. I did that too. I would go to, you know, confession. And then after you do your confession, you say three Three Our Fathers and three Hail Marys. Our Father, in heaven, will be the name Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with us. And, I, I got, and then I, let's go to the pub. <laughs> Have a brand new clean slate. Let's go fill it up, you know. <laughs> Most amazing thing is after I became born again, my slate was so clean I never wanted to go to the pub again. And that's the thing. If, if, it, be, if it becomes personal and he gets on the inside of you, and you go from death to life, you won't want to go to a pub. So, first thing is I saw him on the cross. Oh, Father, you know that one uh, scripture in, in the Bible, 
uh, Jesus was raised from the dead, and he's walking with his disciples after he's raised from the dead, but they didn't really know who he was, and they're walking with him. But then there's this one verse that says, and he opened their hearts, and then they saw him. Let's, you know, there's a prayer in, in, in Ephesians where it says it, you pray about your eyes, the eyes of your understanding be, being enlightened or open. Oh, Father, I just pray for every person that would hear this, every, anybody here, uh, young and old, and anyone out online, Father, open their eyes that they see Jesus on the cross. The second thing that happened is then when I saw him on that cross, I knew I needed him because it became personal. I knew I needed him. I needed a savior. So it's not about a denomination. It's, it's for the entire world. It's not a group event. It's a personal event. I can't believe for you and you can't believe for me. Your parents can't believe for you and you can't believe for your parents. It's personal where you see him and you know you need him. That's where it starts and then you can receive him, which is the third thing. I received him and it involved my heart and my mouth. So look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's about the heart and the mouth. When you see him and when you know you need him, you decide to take that step to receive him. And it's about your heart and your mouth. It becomes personal. So I've said it before here that I stood in the cold winter in northeast Ohio, right below Canada, right below Lake Erie. In, this, in the wintertime, there was air, this cold air came down from Canada, and it went across Lake Erie, and it made it even colder. And I'm outside in the cold weather, and I'm at, at this restaurant, and I, I'm going to get ready to pray and receive Jesus as my Lord because I wanted him, because I saw him on this. I knew I needed him, and I was getting ready to invite him into my heart. My prayer wasn't perfect, and you know, God doesn't look so much on the perfect prayer. He looks on the hungry heart, and so I prayed to receive him, but because I wanted him, I got him. And I like to say, once he gets on the inside, it, it puts a hook on the inside of you. And even though I've had challenges, and sometimes you feel like that, but I never wanted to leave him. You know, if you come to church and you don't have him, coming to church is like a duty. Oh, I got to go to church. But when you have him, you want to come to church. Oh, Father, help every, everyone that would be at church, but they don't... They, they have no relationship. Father, I ask that you open their eyes and they see you, that they realize they need you and they receive you and it becomes personal and you get on the inside of them and you get that, that, your life in on the inside of them. It's not duty. It's relationship. Praise God. And so I prayed. I prayed. I'm going to lead you in this prayer right now. If you're online watching, I'm going to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ 
is your Savior. And I pray that you see him and what he did for you, how he took your sins. And I pray that you understand that you need him. You cannot save yourself. Church membership doesn't save you. Having Christian parents doesn't save you. That's not what saves anyone. It's personal relationship. Father, thank you for making your son Jesus personal to everyone. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, and you can pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me, to take my sin so I could be forgiven. Jesus, I acknowledge you are my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. You are welcome in my heart. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you that you first loved me. And I recognize that love. And I love you back. I respond back to you with my love. Because you first loved me. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.